Everybody, this is Tova from Operation Tube Top, and today I am sitting with Sagi. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Glad to be here. Good. Well, thank you for being here. We're actually uh, in Coco Quadra, which is a co-working place. So I feel like this is very professional. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Professional. And we're drinking beers. Um, so right. I'm going to take a quick pause to check the sound, and then we'll be right back. Okay. So. Why don't you tell me where you're from and tell our listeners where you're from. Gladly. <laughs> so I was born in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. in Israel, where I grew up most of my life. I've I, heard of that place. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, you know, it's uh, somewhat famous. In a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, it was great to grow up there. I actually then moved to live in a settlement mm. for seven years. Uh, I don't know. If anyone knows what settlements are, those disputed places. I've no, uh, never, 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 never on the news ever. Yes. So I was one of those guys, you know, living in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by Arab villages, and then afterwards I moved and changed my life completely and moved to Vancouver in Canada, mm -hmm. where I lived for Yay. another two years. Yeah. Then was wandering around Italy, back to Israel, and finally. I'm here in Vienna. So a wandering Jew. Yeah, well, <laughs> no one. Was ever heard of a wandering Jew? Yeah, this is why we have flat feet, right? Because <laughs> we wander. Wow. So that's that's pretty amazing. So that would be a very interesting upbringing, I can imagine. Absolutely. Um, did you get a lot of good TV shows? Actually, it's quite uh, different. I grew up in a very religious environment, mm -hmm. and so. No, not really. Not so, really an, an interesting TV show. So no but, Dawson's uh, Creek, no. Yeah, not really, but lots of books. So okay. Lots and lots of books, and this was my TV, just using my brain as the screen, and you know, trying to imagine uh, things, which actually is even better than TV. So. Okay. Well, we're gonna end the interview now because we <laughs> we don't say anything bad about TV. No, I know. Oh. <laughs> but apologize, wow. TV lovers. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much everybody who listens to the <laughs> podcast. No, it's uh, that's amazing. I'm I'm also a big reading fan, so I, I do get that. Um, so you were in Israel, and then you were in Vancouver, and then you went back to Israel, and then you were in Italy. Where in Italy were you? All over the country. Oh, wow. I traveled from city to city, over 10 cities, mm -hmm. trying to search for the next opportunity for myself, mm -hmm. realizing after some period of time that there is none, or at least that uh, there are many more elsewhere. Yeah. And so that's why I returned to Israel and afterwards came to Vienna, okay. a place with just a lot more opportunities, mm -hmm. which was on the one hand unfortunate because Italy is beautiful yeah. and, oh, and I studied the language for four years mm -hmm. and wanted to live there, it mm -hmm. was a dream. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, after a calculated decision, I decided to move to Vienna and this has been one of the best decisions I could make. Great. Yeah. No, I mean, because I think we're both Vienna fans, so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's uh, it's always funny because I see people complaining about things about Vienna, and I want to be like, that is the, really, <laughs> there's not much to complain I about. I always tell them to go to anywhere else, yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> and then compare, and then compare. Yeah. 
No, it's, it's funny because I think people really get upset about things like customer service. And I don't even notice it anymore. I don't know if it's because I've lived here too long or maybe I'm kind of bitchy as well. But I just, I don't notice the issues. I mean, there is a trick for that to always give the tip before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give the tip before and everyone's happy. <laughs> and then they're fine, yeah. No, I mean, even going into villa, but I have a special villa where I live. It's like a little neighborhood villa, so they're all really friendly. But Yeah, also with, with mine, the cashier recognizes me already. We actually chat a bit. Yeah. Um, I think that people are friendly when they receive friendly treatment. Yeah. So it's a two-sided way. And if you yeah. don't feel, just give extra. Yeah. And then it yeah. will come. You know? Well, we have a saying that it, you catch more uh, bees with honey. Or more flies with honey. So the nicer you are, you the, catch them all. Yeah, you catch them. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's a uh, it's it's a great city, and we'll talk about Vienna more. What I wanted to kind of so people know who you are. I'm not just didn't randomly meet you. You have a great company. You are the co-founder of Secret to Vienna. Yes, and can you tell me a little bit about what Secret Vienna is? Yes, basically, Secret Vienna is a platform that enables both locals foreigners and tourists to truly discover Vienna. Mm -hmm. Vienna has so many secrets that uh, have been laying out there in the shadows where no one actually attempted to uncover for so many years. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we started, we started out of a pure passion for the city. We just wanted to uncover the secrets for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then as our blog, it started yes. as a blog, as the blog grew, we realized, wait, there are so many people that want to discover the city. And we just created this service, and now it's just growing very, very fast, yeah. trying to contain all of this. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, amazing. It's a challenge, yeah, but Be it's fun. Because I think it was about a year ago, I saw somebody had, I think, shared a post from Secret Vienna on Facebook, and I loved that it was some story of a place I knew around the corner, but I didn't know the story of. And I think you guys have really done a great job of highlighting things that you generally wouldn't find in a guidebook. Yeah, that's that's the concept. We, we oh, good. This. I understood the concept. Exactly. We target those places that you all know, mm -hmm. but you don't really know. Mm -hmm. And in Vienna, they are everywhere. They can be, you know, even the name of your street or mm -hmm. this picture on the wall that is random and you pass by so many times and you never really thought about, but suddenly there is an amazing story behind it. Mm -hmm. And there are so many of those. It's, yeah. it's endless. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, every time I'm in the first district, I've been there a million times, I always notice something new on a building, or you see something you never saw before, and then you wonder, of course, and you guys do a great job of showing different, um, or coming up with different stories and telling the story behind stuff. And We have a great team of writers and mm -hmm. editors, and we have uh, professionals and students and other contributors, yeah. and the nice thing is that Secret Vienna grows a community. Mm -hmm. So people actually saw themselves as active contributors of the page, mm -hmm. giving us different stories. Yeah. We also created competitions where people contributed stories that were amazing and mm -hmm. we didn't know about. Yeah. Um, and this is really the nice concept about it, that mm -hmm. it's not centered around me or around anyone else, but it's an entire community yeah. pushing to discover the secrets yeah. of the city. And one thing that really made me laugh, I think it was a few months ago, there was one guy that kept answering when you guys would ask a question because he knew everything about Vienna and you were doing a competition and you were like asking a question and you were like, but not you. <laughs> you said his name. Yeah, that, that's really tough in this page, you know, yeah. because there are people that are so knowledgeable yeah. that we really work hard to find something they don't know. Yeah. For example, we always post this, uh, you know, picture, do you know where this is mm -hmm. from? 
and immediately people know. And some pictures are, are so random. Yeah, so obscure. Yeah, and our team, we sit together and we say, okay, this one they will never find out. And after an hour, we're like, oh, God, <laughs> who are these people? Yeah, yeah but, that's uh, incredible. Yeah. It's, it's exciting to see such a passion for a city that I love so much. And beyond the blog, what else do you guys offer from Secret well, People? We offer a variety of different services, and we're constantly growing and expanding that. Mm -hmm. So first of all, we offer our tours and experiences. I don't mm -hmm. know. Any of the listeners have been on one, but you're all invited. <laughs> I've been on one, and I did a podcast about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. it was a great one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we offer these unique tours about sides of Vienna that people don't often talk about or see, such as the dark side of Vienna, but also Vienna behind the scenes where we go underground. Mm -hmm. We talk about powerful women, yeah. about the Freemasons yeah. and secret societies, about mm -hmm. secrets of the Central Cemetery. Even this month, we're going to start talking a bit about the dictator, Hitler. Oh, I haven't uh, heard of him. <laughs> yeah, some people know him. Um, yeah. I uh, think it's really interesting that you're going to be doing that because I feel like that is not available here. I mean, people kind of gloss over it. I mean, everyone knows about it. Um, people think that they know. Also, people yeah. talk about Hitler in schools here. Mm -hmm. It's mandatory. And many yeah. of them think that they know him. Mm -hmm. For us, it's really interesting to know what you know makes a person become such a person. So yeah. we try to go back and trace the footsteps that yeah. brought the person into this because it's unbelievable yeah. and we can learn a lot about it, yeah. uh, about ourselves, about processes in the places where we live. How to get into art school? Uh, <laughs> or <yes>. not. <laughs> and for all the artists out there, you know, yeah. you, you warn them, you, yeah. know, you never know. How I mean, that it kind of is a promotion though, if you go from artist to dictator. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, let's not discount that yeah. career path. Depends who you're asking. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm not uh, suggesting anybody do that, but yes, um, don't do it. Go to our tours. Yeah, and be an artist. You know, this is a, it's a great uh, city for art. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, so we try to cover these topics, mm -hmm. but beside that, we also offer other services. We offer tickets to all the attractions in the mm -hmm. city. We offer a variety of branded products. We have a trivia game. Mm -hmm. We have a book. Uh, we also offer B2B services, so business to business services for yeah. hotels, because in Vienna there are so many amazing, beautiful hotels oh, right yeah. next to each other. Yeah. And their prices are the same, the location is the same. Yeah. Uh, and they ask themselves, how are we going to bring the clients? Yeah. And so what we do, we create stories for them yeah. to attract people to come to them because the emperor used to eat breakfast there. Yeah. Because oh, which place? <laughs> uh, Grand Hotel Bean, for example. Oh, okay. yeah. you know? And so basically we try to help them capitalize on their unique selling position. That's great. It's fantastic. It's so exciting. I'm really excited about We have a lot more plans in the future. Yeah. Our team is growing, so I encourage everyone to follow us. And, uh, yeah. Well, I, I actually sent my father your uh, website the other day because he's a big historian and he loves Vienna, so I can't wait to get his feedback. And Amazing. If he has a story for us also, we will feature Oh, he has lots of stories because he, he constantly reads books uh, and he'll send me stories of what he's read about Vienna recently and uh, yeah Fantastic. oh it's really exciting it's it's nice to see for me a company that is capitalizing on such a great history and it's done in such a good way because I think thank you years ago I went on a walking tour with my husband years ago and it wasn't great it was called witches and something or other and we didn't enjoy it very much because it wasn't so interesting and so fun, but what you guys have done have, has made a walking tour cool again. That's in my opinion. I think yeah. a walking tour has become 
Cool. What we try to do, we try to create a model that is just a win-win for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. We take amazing guides that nobody heard of because they don't have time to do marketing. Yeah. We sit with them, uh, think about concepts and topics, we create amazing tours, mm -hmm. and then we give it to an audience that really wants it but never had the possibility. Yeah. So we take these two groups that both of them exist for so long, mm -hmm. both of them don't know about each other, yeah. and we just create this bridge, and that's what yeah. we do. And, and you guys hire local walking guides, like tour guides, exactly. and becoming a tour guide in Vienna, because my friend's mother is one, is very difficult. It's in North America, you don't need any qualifications to be a tour guide. Yeah, it's, here, it's very it's, regulated. Here, yeah. you need two years, you pay approximately 4,000 euros or so, and you have exams, both theoretical and practical, on yeah. a bus, in a museum, in uh, an open-air tour, and okay. so it's very, very complicated. Yeah. That's why there aren't many guides, and afterwards, nobody teaches them how to do marketing. Well, of course so, not, because, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. you go out there, yeah. and then how do people hear about you? Yeah. Nobody actually does. No. So no. they still get a lot of their revenue from uh, old customers that are simply repeating for different topics. Yeah. But there are so many out people out there that really want to learn about their city mm -hmm. and to really explore it and yeah. to go on a nice uh, Sunday afternoon or Saturday evening mm -hmm. and to really uncover secrets or yeah. learn. Yeah. And no, it's, I, and I think it's nice that you're also targeting uh, Viennese and Austrians. It's not just a tourist thing. Yeah, it's funny because our team, almost everybody is not Austrian <laughs> and, and none of them are Viennese. Mm. So we appreciate the city from a different perspective. Of course. And for us, it's a great privilege to... Mm -hmm. You show the city to the locals. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's funny because now I feel like I know the city more than I know Jerusalem. For yeah. Example. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I invest a lot of time learning and reading about the city, so I yeah. can surprise our uh, readers. Even though we have such great writers, yeah. that I don't need to do much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we really uh, try to show Viennese how much they don't know about the city, yeah. how much they should know. Yeah. And yeah, we try to make them really enjoy the city even more. Well, I think it's just when you live in a city and you're raised there, you know the basic history. You're not really going to learn every single detail of it. And I mean, I was born in Ottawa. It's not a great city, so who cares? No, <laughs> no Ottawa's great. Oh God, I'm going to get like a ton of messages. Um, but I lived in Toronto for years. Ottawa. I love Ottawa. I lived in Toronto for years. I really don't know much about Toronto. And so I think it's great and, you know, there's different levels of history. Vienna is such an ancient old city. Toronto is not that old. But it's still, there is so much in every city. Do you, I mean, how did you guys come up with the idea of, of Secret Vienna? Like, what was the kind of, the big bang? Like, what, what happened there? So, it was basically a phased process. And it mm -hmm. started actually from um, the original founder of Secret Vienna, which is Fabio Aromatici. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an Italian businessman. With that name? Yes, he's the only <laughs> one, uh, only Aromatici left, as far as I know. Oh, in the world? Yes, yes. yes. So oh. he, has a very, he has a very unique name. Is and, he going to uh, have a son? Is he... <laughs> well, I think that at the moment uh, he's oh, okay. the last of his kind, but, uh, uh, and he's a very unique person. Yeah. Uh, and when he came here, he had this passion for the city, mm -hmm. you just uh, saw how amazing it is, mm -hmm. and he also had a lot of free time on his hand. Mm. Um, and so he started with the blog. Mm -hmm. I joined him a little bit later, um, when the idea to offer tours 
came to be. Mm-hmm. And that's how we combined it. And then the idea just grew exponentially. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, this was not a profit-making idea. Yeah. And as it grew, that's when the transition happened. Mm-hmm. And now our goal, we have some ambitious goals. We want to become oh. number one tourism company in Austria, if possible. Increase our services. I, I think that's possible. I really do. I, I do believe so. Yeah. I think that... Uh, uh, we also talked about it before a bit privately about competition in Vienna. Mm-hmm. I think that many here are afraid of competition, mm-hmm. where we are looking for it. Yeah. Uh, it pushes us and motivates us, and we can only be number one in if there are number two and three and four, and yes. everyone wants to be number one. That was a very good thing that you told me, because I was talking about competition before, and I was like a little frustrated, but you're right. It, it, it does. You do need to have the competition, and you need to have it. German, and it also will push other companies to offer more. Yes. And for us, for example, people are so scared of competition that um, in one case we almost got a lawsuit just because someone didn't want us to use a similar tool to the one they use. Oh, wow. Okay. And my perspective was I, I truly respect them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if we both offer the tool, people can compare and see which one is the best and choose the yep. best. And it might be them. Yeah. If they believe that what they do is a great quality. And yeah, so you offer free alcohol on yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I'm joking. No he does not. No, no. Promises, but, uh, yeah. It's a great it's idea, but I think it can so. be our PR. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, you get, you get a free glass of champagne. Yes, uh, so that's definitely attractive. But in general, uh, we try to bring people alcohol for the mind. You know? oh. so to get them drunk. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. I tried it. You have to stop at a personal stand first yes. and then move but on. But what we say is that you can only compare the best when other people are also offering something of quality that we can compare. And so that's also our drive to constantly create new tours yeah. and new topics about new exciting things yeah. because this is really our ambition. Well, I mean, also look at how people are now looking at George W. Bush and thinking he's great <laughs> when you've got comparisons now. It makes... A exactly. difference. Exactly. Um, That's why we don't want to be also alone yeah. in this field because nobody will know if we are good or bad. We yeah. need this counter to uh, to measure our own quality. Yeah. And do you think that's a cultural thing? Because I mean, uh, I think in Austria you have amazing work life balance. I think it's really great. I think people have great holiday times. It, you don't always socialize with the people you work with. I'm in an intergovernmental organization, so it's different. I am friends with my coworkers. Uh, but for example, my husband works, has worked at a company for 15 years and they never really go out for drinks. It's completely culturally different when it comes to competition, people don't kind of go over the top. And for example, there's the term or the town, it's a bad word, fucking, they don't capitalize on this, which I find very interesting because there's so many tourists that come to find this town because the name is ridiculous. Um, do you think it's a, it's culturally just how it is in Austria or do you think there's a I definitely think it's cultural. It, it actually has a lot of different components mm-hmm. if you analyze competition in general. Um, first of all, as I come from Israel, I come from a complete different mentality where competition is a very integral part of life. Oh my gosh, right? we're Jewish. Yes, exactly. exactly. Almost every business has enormous competition right next to it and it needs to be extraordinary. In Look order at to bar survive. mitzvahs. <laughs> I mean, in New York City, I mean, there are exactly. millions of dollars exactly. now. So, yeah. and in Israel, it's especially in the startup scene, yeah. this is just insane. Everybody yeah. starts a startup, and then yeah. if you don't work hard enough, and if you don't offer amazing service, yeah. you cannot even survive. I'm not talking about thriving or making money. I'm talking about 
surviving, staying yeah. in business. Where here, it's very, very easy to survive and stay in business. Yeah. You have a lot of government support, so yeah. people don't need to take too much risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't need to take too much risk. You become very comfortable with the way that you are. It's yeah. not your money that you are risking. Right. Actually, nothing bad can happen if you fail. Yeah, because then you end up going to IMS. Exactly. You're unemployed. You, just, yeah, you yeah. might even make more money. Yeah. Not, but, yeah, I had a great time when I was on IMS. <laughs> yeah, no, the thing is, for me, I still come from this Israeli mentality yeah. that I work uh, 12 hours a day on yeah. the company every day. And yeah. I'm not sure if others in the field work the same amount. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong here, or they are right or wrong. They have a great balance. Yeah. I work like crazy. But, but I think it really depends on, on where you want to go. Where you want to go. And also, I think the newer generation is definitely a lot I wouldn't say harder working. It's different working. And I think there was even more of a safety net in the past. And you have families that passed on their companies to their kids. Apartments are already owned by the family. So there was even less risk than there is now. Yeah. And so, or fewer risks. So risk is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And another part of it is passion. Mm -hmm. I don't, unfortunately, it's very difficult to find people truly passionate about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. you no, know, I always call startups babies, you know. Yeah. And you are never going to take... Uh, to you know, invest nine hours of your day on your baby and yeah. then take a break and go do something else. <laughs> I wish. It's, it's an endless work. Yeah. And that's exactly how startups uh -huh. are. You need to take care of them at any time of the day to make sure that everything is working fine and mm -hmm. they can grow. Uh -huh. So after they reach 18, you know, you can also sit back and enjoy and they work for themselves. Yeah. And this is basically where also Secret Vienna will be heading. But as yeah. it's a baby at the moment, you have to constantly breastfeed. Yeah, I mean, that's the analogy. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. and you are doing it not yeah. because you have to, not because of anything else, but because of passion and love. Yeah. You love this baby, you love this startup, yeah. and so working 12 hours is fun. Yeah. So that's exactly yeah. something I would I would love to see a little bit more in Vienna. People a bit more passionate about mm -hmm. what they're doing, yeah. you know, and working as hard as they can, not counting the hours, yeah. but having a yeah. vision. No, and I think that's that's a really a wonderful, ideal situation to be in, is to be able to do something that you love and that you're really proud of. And um, I'll get there one day. <laughs> that's the thing. There's, yeah. there's no pressure. We yeah. experiment in different things. Yeah. For me, Secret Vienna was an unexpected opportunity. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of other things in other fields. Which we'll talk about, too. Uh, yeah. Yes, and so... This is just uh, something that I found, but my passion is about giving value to people. Mm -hmm. And here, this is just another form of giving value. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be tourism, essentially. It can yeah. be many other things. Yeah. It's just about, you know, coming to people and making their life a little bit better than when before you met them. Yeah. So, you'd be a great pimp. <laughs> joking, joking. <laughs> I get that all the time. Oh, do you? Oh, good. Go <laughs> so, um... Okay, I'm just looking through my questions, and we've, we've talked about a few things. What what do you really love the most about Vienna? I mean, what is something, like, what do you see in Vienna besides the opportunity that exists in the market and in terms of lifestyle? What do you love about Vienna? Like, what is it that draws you in? Well, that's a great <laughs> question. I tell you, I come from, again, I repeat, I come from Jerusalem, a place where there are so many contradictions mm -hmm. in terms of beauty, in terms of people. And so coming from Jerusalem to Vienna is not so different okay. on the one hand. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the 
amount of opportunities here, this is something that people don't recognize how many of them are there. Yeah. So if we talk about, uh, again, you know, from a business perspective, from a personal development perspective, mm-hmm. this place is, is unlike any other. Mm-hmm. From the place where it's located in, in Europe yeah. to the... Uh, again, there are so many things that are going on here and people really... Um, I always tell them they should really appreciate yeah. where they are. Yeah. From Talking from a secret Vienna perspective, mm-hmm. one thing, for example, that I really love about the city is that on the one hand it's like an open-air museum, right? Uh-huh. You walk and everywhere um, is beautiful and mm-hmm. you think, wow, this is amazing. But there is so much more that is even more amazing. And yeah. for example, in one of our tours when we go underground, yeah. there is an entire city underground that is barely seen and mm-hmm. nobody visits. And it has an integral part of Vienna's history from uh, the times when Vienna was uh, conquered by Napoleon, mm-hmm. even before that, when people actually lived underground. Seven floors sometimes underground. And in some places in Vienna, you can actually go there. But mm-hmm. People just never had this opportunity. Yeah. And this thought of walking down the street in the first district, when behind you there is an entire other city, really it's just mind-blowing to yeah. me. And I'm not talking about just catacombs, I'm talking about actual residences where people mm-hmm. lived with their animals and their families. Uh, Bad yeah. views, no good views. <laughs> well, I mean, the view is quite boring, yeah. to be honest, but on the other hand, it's huge. It's like mm-hmm. a maze. If you mm-hmm. go down there, you can get lost sometimes. Yeah. Um, I did an underground tour a few years ago, and uh, it was quite amazing. They showed us kind of like the old fluorescent paint from World War II, so people could escape, and it was incredible. Yes, it was absolutely that's, amazing. That's and something that I love about the city. I love the behind-the-scenes part of the city. Yeah. There is so much of it. Here. Not the obvious things like the Hofburg, and it, there's, there's so much more. Exactly. The sad part is that it's often not offered to even to see it. So many people that come to Vienna for a few days mm-hmm. go and they say, okay, I saw the city. Yeah. I don't think that there is anything else to see. Yeah. And for us, when we hear it, it's very sad because we say you, you actually just... You're at the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've just so been able to see a little more. bit. But the whole history of the city, I mean, it's just impossible to know all of it. <laughs> well, you... <laughs> well, unless you go on your tours. Yeah. 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 Yes, the and thing is you don't need to go all of it. Yeah. To know all of it. The moment yeah. you know all of it, uh, it's actually very sad mm-hmm. because there is no more mystery left. Yeah. Um, but I think that would take a good 100 plus years to know everything about the city. Yes. There's so much. Then The other tiny problem here is that nowadays as we know or think that we know everything, mm-hmm. there is no more mystery when we go on, to, on tours or when we go uh, just to travel. We mm-hmm. don't look for these legends and mysteries and, and stories. No, I'm looking for an Irish bar. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are many mysteries there. Yeah, there are many yeah. mysteries. There's a tiny yes. little Irish bar, actually, just off Nabodagasa. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the smallest, I think, bar in Europe. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah there I taught you something today. <laughs> direct marketing also. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Go there and get 10% discount. Exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And what I do want to add is that I will be posting the link to Secret Vienna, your Facebook page, and your website uh, when I post the blog. So tonight is actually Halloween. Um, yes. First time in my life since I was in utero. I'm not doing anything for Halloween. But this uh, podcast will be coming out on Thursday. So all the information will be there. Stay tuned. Um, I have a few more questions because I'm, we're, we're almost reaching 30 minutes, which is crazy. Wow. Goes by, I know, it goes by fast. Um, 
best pizza in Vienna? Because <laughs> it's my favorite food. I always want to wow. know. Wow, yeah. that's tough. That's yeah. tough. But what's your favorite pizza? Well, I'll tell you, as a huge pizza lover, mm-hmm. first of all, there is a pizza right next to where I live. Okay. And actually, I'm a bit biased because that's fine. I, I usually order pizza when I'm super hungry. Yeah. And when you're super hungry, everything, everything, everything tastes amazing. That's so right. I never know if they're yeah. actually good or yeah. if they're just hungry. Good. No, when I have dinner parties, I make everyone drink a lot before I serve the food. And they oh. think I'm a great cook. That's, that's, the, that's the key to a perfect dinner party. So no one eats sober in your party. No, and they're like, she's a great cook. I'm like, yeah, well. And you're like, you're eating the napkin. Yeah, I can pretty much. And they're like, it's amazing. Yeah, that's the trick. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I never know. I think they're really great. Um, it's called Pico Bella. Pico Bella. Huh. Yeah, it's right next to where I live in the seventeenth district. Oh, you're in the seventeenth district. Yes. So, where is the seventeenth district in Vienna? Um, it's close to Gasthof Hernals. Okay. Uh, Elterlandplatz is the area where I live. Um, there are actually lots of pizzerias there. Okay. The the one thing is uh, to measure a good pizza. In my opinion, is if they do only pizza. No, it's not an obvious right. uh, realization, but yeah. I love businesses that specialize in one thing and do it great. Yeah. And the sad part is often you see here the pizza kebab, falafel, yeah. Uh, yeah. and everything else. And it's never going to be great pizza. Yes, it, it yeah. just cannot be. Yeah. Because it's like when you see a super huge menu. It's always scary to me because why do they have all those ingredients on hand? They should never have it because you know they're going to microwave it or it's frozen. I like something simple and basic. And if they have pizza, that's my favorite. Yes. And if you get a little bit philosophical, you can actually uh, learn from this about everything in life. Oh, we're doing this. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because we are often just aiming to be a little bit of everything. You don't know how to feel complete. When I believe that we should stick to something and do it great. Mm -hmm. This is how we'll be known as great and actually give value rather than be just okay at pizza Mediocre and kebab and, and <laughs> So there's nothing wrong with kebab either. But well, yeah, kebab but is right. fine, but falafel for me is, as an Israeli is super important. They have high standards and it's hummus and painful. falafel is it's like what is it? Don't mess with the Zohan and he's brushing his teeth with hummus and it's like yeah. That's, so that's how yeah, Israelis do it. You know? Oh, I know. No, I mean hummus no. is everything. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good food. Um, so I asked you about best pizza. What I did want to ask you about is because you have Secret Vienna and you also have a not-for-profit organization, exactly. which I think is incredible. And tell me a little bit about it so that the people listening can hear about it. Yeah, so I'll just give a little bit of uh, background because, mm-hmm. um, you know, although I'm saying stick to one thing, and then <laughs> I, I look at my life and I do a lot of different things. I think we're very similar in that, <laughs> doing yes, lots of different but, things. But there is a reason for that. Mm-hmm. The reason is uh, teaching that I grew up on where... Um, in order to reach a balanced life, you need to do three things. Mm-hmm. You need to constantly learn, mm-hmm. you need to constantly work to give value, mm-hmm. and after you work and you build your skill, you need also to give for free. This is the three legs of the world that is written in the uh, Hebrew teachings uh, of Judaism. I'm a bad Jew, but I believe you. Oh, <laughs> I believe what you're that's saying. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, yeah, so and basically that's how we try to structure my mm-hmm. life. So learning as much as I can, and then working hard, and then giving to the society. Yeah. So I started a, a, my company, it's actually a consulting company, mm-hmm. where I help startups uh, um, in the social areas or non-profits um, build themselves, structurize themselves, mm-hmm. get funds, 
And so I've been working with some amazing organizations when I actually joined afterwards and became an integral part of the team. Mm-hmm. One of the big ones I work with is called Not in God's Name, yes. uh, which is a counter-radicalization, prevention of radicalization organization. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, nowadays it's quite big and we're working on the expansion in other countries. Oh, right. uh, but uh, in the bottom line, what we do is that we work with Muslim athletes mm-hmm. that are well-known, that came here, as refugees or second-generation migrants, um, and against all odds, they built themselves, they created a great career, and now they are very famous and respected. Mm-hmm. And they go to, uh, with us to schools, they, we do training programs for children and youth that might be vulnerable, mm-hmm. and we basically show them that integrating is something possible, mm-hmm. that actually they can also be as successful as these guys um, these as the athletes that we work with. So this is a great concept. It's um, actually quite basic. We mm-hmm. all want to learn from someone who achieved something. Yes. Um, especially when it's against all odds. Yeah. Um, someone who's been stories, able, these of underdogs. course, underdog, somebody making it to the top who's worked so hard and. And we want yeah. to be like them. Mm-hmm. And when someone tells you to go and kill somebody mm-hmm. because you have no That's chance in Austria. It's all the time. I do. They were like, go to kill them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. People just stop you in the street. Yeah. yeah. They're like, that woman in Villa? Bitch. You know, this is uh, where we live. Yeah. No, but uh, in general, when people tell you to kill somebody because you have no chance mm-hmm. to live in Austria and to integrate. And yeah. then you go to this athlete, athlete and tells you, um, come on, I was just there. Yeah. And actually, these athletes, they are the perfect uh, soldiers, mm-hmm. you know, for, for jihad, for example. They're strong, um, disciplined, and they're uh, Muslim. Some of them are a little bit uh, stronger Muslim, some are a bit uh, just observing some mm-hmm. parts, but um, they are religious and strong, and they could have gone, gone to Syria. Gone a different route, yeah. And, and they don't. They're yeah. actually here, and they speak German, and they have businesses, and they have degrees. And they show basically that it's possible. So this is one thing, uh, one uh, major organization that I have the privilege to work with. It's incredible because I've I've seen it on Facebook. I'll also post the link for that because I think it's just an incredible um, organization. I know that places like the United Nations try to use sport against terrorism as well. I think sport is very important for kids. It gives the people confidence. And then, of course, seeing athletes, football stars, these people who come from a similar background talking to these kids. And... For example, in Canada, language is kind of key. Um, kids are put into an English as a second language program or French as a second language, depending where you are in Canada. And then they start to enter the school system when they're able. They go to maybe science and math before they're fluent in the language. And I feel like it's very key for kids because then they can integrate and they can immediately be accepted by their peers. And kids are sponges. They learn languages within a few minutes. Exactly. Um, Here, yeah, the, the problem is that there is some kind of a separation. Yeah. That I don't know whether it's an actual uh, intended separation or that it just happened yeah. this way, but there are just two different types of schools. And if you go to the uh, lower schools, mm-hmm. we call them, you see 80%, 90% of the children not speaking German, yeah. not Austrians, mm-hmm. uh, as we would expect. I mean, some yeah. of them are second-generation migrants, so mm-hmm. they have the citizenship, but they don't have the identity or the any kind of yeah. uh, uh, intention even to yeah. be one. They don't believe that they belong, yeah. and so they don't even work hard in order to become something. Well, because why would what's you? The point? Yeah, well, yeah, why would you? You haven't been accepted by the society that you live in and apparently belong to, and uh, I think it's it's tragic, and I think a lot of work needs to be done for kids. It's so easy to be disillusioned, 
I exactly. Mean, the, the thing is that here in Austria, they haven't really identified a proper solution mm-hmm. for how to bring these children into the uh, the society to yeah. make them feel belong. And it's amazing to see the transformation in class, for example, when we go to classes with these fighters, mm-hmm. these athletes, and uh, they basically enter class and the children are naturally no, uh, no, making noise and speaking loud mm-hmm. in Arabic or in uh, Chechnya or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when the athletes enter, they all get silent. Of course. It's... And for the next two hours, sometimes they are dead silent. Ah, oh, it's and wonderful. Yes. And yeah. th- this is the respect. The teachers, give. like, thank God. <laughs> yes. We yeah. actually uh, collaborated a lot for uh, with Teach for Austria, mm-hmm. um, who basically called us the moment that someone uh, said something that might be radical, and that's yeah. how we know where to go yeah. in order to... Uh, target even if it's one student yeah. in this 20 students cl- uh, class we yeah. know that this guy uh, might be in trouble yeah. um, and so we help him and yeah. we also do mentorships and we try to amazing it. it's amazing I'll put the link for that too because I think it's a great organization yes, and uh, yeah it's so exciting no you told me about it when we met a couple months ago and I thought it was just an incredible idea and I think it's a wonderful thing I think as humans we want to feel like we belong and I think that's key and that's uh, ties into my autism as well. Exactly. It, it's, it's so important for people to feel like they're wanted because, and you have a stronger society if everybody feels like they belong. Exactly. Yeah. The thing is that's why sports is so useful because mm-hmm. in sports we have teams or we work together. Yeah. We can create teams and groups mm-hmm. and group identity as a result yeah. around uh, the sports teams. Mm-hmm. The thing is the same principles that we use are also used by the recruiters for the organizations, they yeah. also make them feel belong. Of they course, also they, yeah, groups. and they've got they've got exciting things to do, and they're playing with interest, interesting weapons, maybe, and working out. Exactly. And, yeah, in yeah. some cases, it's so advanced. They create forums online, mm-hmm. fake forums, where they have fake people posting fake stuff, and there is only few people that are real that are the targets, and the people that are real that are the targets can be. 16 years old American and uh, 15 years old Russian, whatever, and they see that there are so many people that are sharing their view, when actually this view, uh, these people yeah. are fake. There's, it's only <sighs> them there. And that's how they get recruited so easily. And oh, that's just that's amazing. Scary. Oh. Yes, it's very scary. And so another thing that we try to do is uh, to um, publish a lot of information countering mm-hmm. uh, all the compelling propaganda to join these organizations. Of course, yeah. We try to create this dissonance in the mind of the uh, of those vulnerable and potentially radical youth to mm-hmm. really question what they hear yeah. because there is not enough at the moment. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yes. So this is the main organization I work with. I work with another organization uh, in actually in Africa, okay. uh, where I actually help them uh, fundraise and build also their structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an organization in Liberia. Oh wow! Okay. Yes, and uh, one of the poorest countries in the mm-hmm. world, uh, mm-hmm. a country that the world totally forgot about. And uh, the idea really of that country was supposed to be a beautiful thing. I mean, this is what's so tragic. Exactly. It was exactly. such a. It was going to be a great. Yeah, when people have great ideas for new countries. Doesn't always seem to work out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just amazing what's going on there and how much potential there is on the one hand, how much you know poverty and disease and things that you know we could actually solve very very easily mm-hmm. in such a country. And there, uh, there are people that are educated there, but yeah. these people, this, as soon as they get educated enough, they just find all the loopholes in the system to utilize it for personal gain or. 
oh, it's human nature. How are you going to take advantage of certain things and yes, survive? Yes, unfortunate. I mean, the question whether it's it's complete human nature or whether human nature gets distorted as we grow yeah. and as we get yeah. this sense of power yeah. um, is one thing, but uh, me and my team uh, at our consulting company, we really just try to uh, do as much as we can. Yeah. The problem with this is it might be a company, but we don't intend to make any uh, profits of this. Uh, on the other hand, we actually spend a lot <laughs> You're going to be like an arms dealer from Liberia a few years from now. We'll be well, like... <laughs> yeah, next podcast we'll be together, yeah. you know, I'll you're, offer you some ammunition. And, yeah, you'll be a warlord. You'll be like, well, it was a not-for-profit. Well, I, I think... It's a joke, by the way. It's a joke. I mean, yes. somebody needs arms. Um, of course, a big joke. Supply and demand. She's just filling the market. Yes. Huge joke, everybody. Yes. <laughs> but uh, now we are actually working on building a platform that mm-hmm. connects uh, non-profit organizations in Vienna okay. with um, volunteers mm-hmm. that would like to volunteer, but not uh, on a permanent basis, but okay. on a task basis. Wonderful. People have a difficulty to commit, but mm-hmm. when a non-profit needs a poster mm-hmm. done, or a website build, mm-hmm. you just need this one specific task, and this is something people actually have the skill for and can do it, this knowing that it's limited and it will end, and that they don't need to spend too much time, yeah. uh, but still they can transform an organization. So okay. this is what we try to do, and uh, yes. Oh, that's so exciting. So you, you don't sleep like I don't sleep. <laughs> I think... Uh, Oh, absolutely. There is, you know, Benjamin the Israeli said that we will sleep enough when we are dead. Yes. And I take it very seriously. I do too. I do too. I, I have to agree. I think I'm trying to get as much done um, for the next couple of years and then hopefully can relax a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the nice thing, it's very, very easy to do it here, you know, yeah. because like we talked before, I mean, when you run a... a you know, speed, you know, you run a hundred meters mm-hmm. and other people run a marathon, yeah. you know, in the one hand. You just have to repeat this 100 meters over and over and you yeah. can get there way faster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully on my side too. Um, wow. Okay. So I had some more questions, but it's, it's, we have to wind this up. I think we're going to do another one uh, in a few months if you're open to sure, it. Sure. Absolutely. You can tell me about your new country you started. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the arms deals. The and arms what, deals. What else are we talking about? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. We could meet. There's so many things. That, we, all, we'll collaborate on something. We'll come up with something great. Um, so I guess the last thing to say is thank you so much for meeting and thank you for having me. No, anytime. I, when I met you a couple months ago, I was like, yeah, this, you're doing a lot and you're doing a lot of amazing things and it's great to give, to pass this information on to more people. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, what's your next tour coming up? What's the next one on the calendar? So the next one, Vienna. The next one is going to be actually in the military museum. Oh, and this is really amazing. It's I with love our that place. yeah, with our awesome guy Wolfgang. He's a military expert. He has actually a collection of medieval weapons. Oh my god! Uh, and some of them he will actually bring to the tour. We also have bullets and so many oh, wow. cool things. And yeah. he's so knowledgeable. So I highly recommend. Okay. You know. And the proof that it's great is that I'm also going to be there. Okay, great, okay. okay. perfect. When is that? What day is that? It's on the 5th, so it will be a Sunday, where okay. actually the museums are free yeah. every first uh, Sunday of the month, so you don't have to pay for the entrance, just yeah. pay for the, the tour. tour. And Wonderful. this is not the payment, it's an investment. Ah, I like that, I like that. No, I have a hard time pronouncing the name of that museum, so I call it the Harris Geschichte Museum. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone knows what I'm That's talking about. That's close enough. They should change the name to I think so. I think I'm going to Marketable. Exactly, because 
Well, you're like tourists are like, we can't say that. Great. Well, thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a great Halloween. Are you thank doing anything you. for Halloween? Uh, well, I'm flying to Rome uh, at 4.30 in the morning. Okay, so you're going to head to bed soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, let's see. Let's yeah. see. I might actually have it a white night and uh, then just fly and enjoy three days of conference about radicalization in Rome. Oh, wow. And you get to be in Rome and eat the pizza. Yes. And, and then I will tell you which pizza is really the best. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Rome. Oh, I'm jealous. Okay, well, thanks again. And as I usually end it, I always say toodles. <laughs> so... Uh, Thanks again for meeting with me. Thank you. Toodles.